Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with jazz saxophonist, composer, and educator Daphnis Prieto. He has a new album, 2018's Back to the Sunset, and it's a great listen. He's originally from Cuba, where his revolutionary drumming techniques and compositions had a very powerful impact on the Latin and jazz music scene. He came to New York in 1999 and has played with the best since then, like Henry Threadgill, Steve Coleman, Eddie Palmieri, Chucho Valdez, Roy Hargrove, and even Andrew Hill. He is also the founder of the independent music company, Daphneson Music. So please get to know him and dig this interview, my friends. Again, thank you for taking a minute out. I, I love the new album, I, I'm, and I'm looking forward to kind of getting a good overview of your life and music. So thank you again. Mm-hmm. Hey, my pleasure. So, so let me go ahead and start off here. I mean, just from the word go, this album has such a nice, colorful, alluring album, pulls you in, and there's a, there's a great landscape of sound going on. Talk to me about the creative forces that went into your newest CD, Back to the Sunset. This new CD, the undercurrent of this album, you know, I focus on, 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 on trying to pay tribute to a, a, to a few um, musicians, artists that, that have influenced me and inspired me throughout my career. People that I've met when I was very young or people that I've met just recently that I've worked with. And some people that I've worked with and, and some others that I didn't have the opportunity to work with, but, with, but I still I received from them uh, this big inspiration. That was that's the the undercurrent of of this album, uh, kind of paying tribute to some of the uh, musicians. And you know, I do it through my own eyes, through my own experience, and through my music. That's the way I do it. Instead of just you know paying tribute to someone trying to simulate my music to theirs, I'm trying to pay tribute from my own uh, point of view, from my own you know experiences. Speaking of experiences, you grew up in Cuba. Yes. So talk to me about your childhood and how you got so involved in music and more specifically jazz. I started, uh, when I was a kid, around five, six years old, I was born, well, I was born and raised in a, in a very musical neighborhood. No one, actually, members of my family are artists or musicians of, of any kind, but I was always surrounded by musicians uh, in the neighborhood. And I started uh, playing the guitar when I was about seven. And also I started playing the bongos at that time. Then three years later, as I continued my music studies, you know, trying to, to learn here and there, I went to the, to the conservatory, the music conservatory in, in Santa Clara, Cuba, where I am from. And then I did uh, four years of classical training in that school of Santa Clara. And then I went to the National School of Music in Havana for another four years of training. Uh, mostly the training that I received was um, classical. Just already inside of the school, I, I, I started you know, getting into jazz when I was about... Well, I started listening to some of the jazz when I was about 10 or 11, where uh, one episode was that I actually heard there was a really good big band in Santa Clara and they used to play like, you know, jazz band charts, like some minor percussion and some Herbie Hancock music and etc. That was my first uh, experience with listening to jazz and listening to a big band specifically, which carry over all the way to now. This is one of the reasons why I did it now. You know, it's just like, it's a long, long dream, almost, almost 30 years of it. 
So anyway, I, I started getting into jazz, uh, you know, little by little later on. Uh, when I went to Havana, I kind of got a, a much wider uh, influence of jazz, and I started listening to some of the, uh, you know, uh, the greatest uh, jazz musicians from the U.S., and also some other jazz musicians from from elsewhere, like Brazil and Europe. And and that's it. That was that was the, my beginning of of my career. I I am actually self-taught on drums. Uh, I did my uh, you know my training based on classical training, and that was uh, you know percussion, classical percussion, but also you know the tools of music itself, like you know harmony and counterpoint and things like that that uh, are part of the classical training as well. Why did you pick the drums? You you said you had some history with the guitar. Why was the drum set yeah. the place you wanted to be? I don't know. It started driving me more for it. You know, when you're young, you kind of, you like a few things, and, and then you, you kind of start leaning towards more one thing or the other. I think uh, at, at some point, there was a really good drummer in Santa Clara. Uh, his name was uh, Juan Carlos Rojas. And his, his nickname is actually El Peje. And I used to watch him a lot with that orchestra that I mentioned to you. It was called Orquesta de Musica Moderna. And that orchestra uh, really impacted me. It really, it really uh, you know, uh, influenced me a lot and, and gave me a lot of, uh, of, of, of driving force in a way. And, and he was the, the drummer of it. I really love his playing. And I think I got excited with the whole idea of, of playing the drums. I mean, uh, from that time, I kind of become, became kind of, you know, just looking at, at drums and, and I started dreaming with it. And, you know, I just became my my obsession in a way. <laughs> nice. So did you always know that you were going to be a musician? Was that always your dream? Well, yeah, it was always my dream. Sure. I mean, when we were kids, you know, very little you want to do many things you want to be even a policeman or a fire you know a fire fighter or you know just you know a doctor or you know many things but musician it was something something that that was always there always even when when i didn't behave well at my house they put me in a chair and the only thing i asked for was okay you're going to put me in the chair because i didn't behave but i need my guitar <laughs> 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 so for me music was was always a path a way out and a way in emotionally and spiritually and in a way was uh almost like a therapy i would say you know uh in in that case speaking of a way out and a way in that's a perfect segue you arrive in new york city in 1999 what was mm -hmm. it like to finally get to this mecca of jazz and to be in a new country what did that feel like for you well, it was great. It was, I was a little bit hesitant to actually come here because uh, uh, I, I actually came to New York before, and it was a little bit too much for me. It was very, I, I was very overwhelmed by the whole, well, the whole scene and the whole. Uh, at that time, in at the end of the nineties, there were a lot of clubs going on and a lot of movements going on. I mean, that's that's from my own eyes and my own experience. Then when I made the decision to come, you know, I still was a little bit frightening. By, by the idea, but 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 I thought that that was the best move I would I would have done with my life. Since most of uh, of the musicians that I liked, they they lived here, 
and uh, I'm most, uh, you know, so little by, I mean, I start getting into clubs and, and I start playing and doing, going to a few jam sessions and, you know, meeting musicians. I already knew uh, some of the musicians like Brian Lynch, a trumpet player who actually plays on the on the album. I, I also knew uh, previously uh, Steve Coleman, who also plays in the album, in the Big Bang album. And I also knew Henry Tragel, who also plays in the album before getting here so when I got into New York I called them up and you know we, we met and, and, and you know we started actually doing uh, things together since then and uh, and then you know it, it just branched out to many other uh, circumstances and projects that, that I started doing it at that time but it was I mean you know I felt very welcoming there were opportunities and, and I felt those opportunities and I used those opportunities at that time, and, uh, and and it was great. I, I, I met with great musicians and, and, and really, really good uh, persons. You know, the one thing, too, yeah, you, you as you mentioned, you played a lot of festivals and a lot of shows with a lot of people like Henry, Henry Threadgill and Roy Hargrove mm-hmm. and Andrew Hill and a lot of these names. What have you learned from these legends? What have their years of experience, their cloud, and their expertise given to you as a musician? I think uh, what I learned from them is that music is really also a matter of perception. Uh, each of them has a very distinctive voice, a distinctive set of values and an and approach to music. And that's what I liked about it. I liked about it that when I heard one of them, it didn't sound like the other one. Therefore, they, they were creating under their own uh, personality and with their own values and principles, they were creating their own world of sound, and that's what I really liked about it. I really liked the idea that that music is not just one, uh, only one big thing, but many separate individual worlds of humans behind it. You know, the one thing about you, the other side of you of being a performer, is that you're also a composer and you've composed music for dance, film, and chamber ensembles. How does that side of your life feed into you as an artistic creator? Well, it's great. I think one influenced the other. Uh, I think uh, I, I influenced myself by being a composer to being a drummer and vice versa. I love composition as much as I love playing. And, uh, and I've, you know, I've, uh, I've dedicated time to, to, com- to compose music for different settings, and, uh, including this last, last album, the, the Big Band album. And... Uh, it's almost like the other hand of the body. You have composition, and then you have performance. That's what music comes about, composition and performance. And even, even in the improvisation realm, of you're, you're basically spontaneously composing. So there are different levels of, of composition uh, in, that, in that way. But I will say that I'm, I'm, I, I'm really happy of, you know, that I actually took the course and, and start developing composition as well as drumming. I wanted, I wanted to create my own water to swim. You know, I felt, as I said previously, like all these uh, musicians that I was working with, they had their own world. I wanted to create my own world of music uh, to play on. Not only to be just a drummer playing around with different musicians, but I also wanted to create my own environment, musically speaking, so that I can play with and I would be that would be another way for me to represent myself and to put myself out there. 
And another component of you is that you own a independent music company. Yes. As a musician, how satisfying is it also to kind of be in control of, of that kind of entity? It is very satisfying. I, I think uh, I, I found a, a great a great deal of information. I mean, I, I get to meet the music industry that way because I know the step-by-steps of, of how to make a record and what to do with it, et cetera, et cetera. The cost of it, uh, the actual full control of the whole product, you know, it, it, it is fulfilling for me and it's enjoyable because, because I really... I really like it. There are other musicians that, that they just don't like to do that and they just find, you know, uh, concentrate on something else. But in my case, um, you know, I became about to, to do my own label, uh, Daphne Some Music, 10 years ago. Just because uh, it's, it's, a, it's a mix of a few things. Um, I mean, I, I wanted to, to, have in, to be in control of, of, my, uh, of my music and, and, and the whole thing, but at the same time, I didn't have any any labels interested in my music, so I created my own my own source, my own way of producing my music, and and that was how it came about. There are also a lot of challenges. You know, there is a big competition up there, and mostly, uh, you know, there are there are kind of little clans that happens between labels and and uh, distributors. And, and it's very hard for for an uh, independent label like mine uh, to be, uh, you know, distributed by big distributed companies because they're not interested. On, on it's, it's really becomes more political than musically. It has nothing to do with music. So it's a very very challenging on, on that on that term uh, on those terms. But you know. Uh, I keep doing what I do uh, because I like doing it, because I need to do it, and not because I'm not, uh, you know, I, I always going to expect challenges. That's part of, of being uh, creative uh, because, uh, you know, if if you weren't challenges up there, then you most probably are doing the same thing that everyone else is doing. Right on. You know, the, one, the other component about you is that you're a teacher, classes, clinics, mm-hmm. and workshops. What did, what have you learned from all of the musicians, in particular the masters that I had mentioned and veterans of jazz? What did they give you that helped you be an effective teacher? Not really in a in a teaching in a in an educational way. I mean, one that I really have uh, interchanged a lot of information in more educational. It was it has been with Steve Coleman. You know, I used to play with him a lot. I used to tour with him a lot, and we used to do a lot of clinics and master classes and workshops. There, when you know, by him doing it and I being part of the band and being there, you know, I learned a lot by by listening and, and experiencing and how to teach certain things, uh, and that really uh, helped me a lot. Most of the other musicians, I mostly, you know, playing on stage and, and do rehearsals and stuff like that. But they weren't really showing me anything uh, that, in a way, could be translated, uh, you know, uh, in a educational, uh, you know, environment or, or, or setup. You know, as I say, since since I'm classically training and I'm self-taught on drums, I mean, I I, I published a book two years ago that is called A World of Rhythmic Possibility. And this is a book that, you know, it, it just talks about my 
experiences on on how they get to certain conclusions and certain strategies in order to play certain things. Anyway, I mean, you know, it's it's hard to to mention like that because it was it was the way I learned with these musicians. It wasn't necessarily in an academic settings. It was more, much more in a more creative way, which is transcribed in, and it translates into 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 my performance and it translates in the in the way and, and the vision that I have uh, as a musician as an artist and obviously it does translate when I'm teaching students because you know my advices to them are going to be related to those influence as well but it's very hard for me to 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 uh, to have that you know to translate that specifically from from one part to the other you have gotten a, a number of awards in your life the MacArthur Fellowship mm-hmm. You got a Latin Grammy. So my question is this. I don't want to know the favorite award that you got. That's not fair. But what I want to know is, what award have you received that surprised you the most? You just didn't expect it. When you got it, you thought, wow. The MacArthur. I think, uh, I think the MacArthur is, is the biggest, the most surprising award. And the reason is because I didn't apply for it. And the reason is because, because it is actually... It's not a musical award either. So, so to me, you know, it, I was very, you know, honestly, I was very surprised and also very happy. Also, it meant a lot to me, just because the efforts were already my efforts weren't about making an application. My efforts were done before by being part of of a creative, uh, you know, scene. And, and sharing my talents with with that scene and being there and working hard in order to you know to develop music and and to put myself out there and to play music around with with the guys that I like. So that was the effort, and that's what I really like. You know, in a way uh, that the MacArthur as, as the best uh, of all, um, because they you know you didn't, you didn't have to. I don't. I, I still don't understand why you have to make an application to gain, to gain an award because then everyone would like to do that. I think awards are something that you deserve, like something that you don't apply for. There is a, on the, a, a misleading on a lot of things that, for me, they, they should be called just competition because that's what it really is. You want a competition. You even want want an award. You know, awards are something that that are given. You don't apply for awards. But anyway, that's my way of, of looking at it. But anyway, going back to the to the to my experience, uh, the MacArthur for the many reasons that it means, you know, it's a, it's a, it's it's an award on creativity. It's an award on on very particular um, aspect of 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 being creative and 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 being, you know, somehow a sense of uniqueness that that is really. Um, uh, just resonate with with the way I think and, and feel about many things. Let me ask you this: How do you feel about your career so far? Are you happy with how everything's turned out? I feel I feel happy with what I've done. I think uh, if somehow um, I would have I would have had a maybe better better uh, how can I say this? I'm happy with with what I what, what I've given with the work that I've done as a composer and as a drummer. But I feel uh, there is a lot of unnecessary walls in the music industry that 
that you keep just knocking on those walls and those doors, and they just don't open. And uh, and that is a lot of um, uh, distortion and confusion out there of what is good and what is not in terms of quality of music. And nowadays there is there is is uh, is a lot of information out there. And I think um, the part that I'm not happy about is that I would love to be doing much more meaning on performance and also on on the you know, of, of, of just exposing myself. I think uh, as everything that I miss because I have done it. It's not because someone else has been interested on it. And uh and many times um you know now I I got the opportunity to do a to uh to produce this latest album. The 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 big band I had the opportunity to uh, co-producing this with uh, Eric Overstein, someone that just appeared out of the blue for me a year ago, and, and we and we initiate this project uh, of the big band. But before that, you know, I've been ten years putting out my records from my own pocket and without knowing what is going to happen. And sometimes some stuff happening, sometimes nothing happens. Uh, I think I think uh, you know I I would have liked to be doing better in terms of of, of pre- presenting my music around, but you know uh, I I completely understand there is a there is a system out there kind of designed for certain structures and for people that are part of the labels and people that are uh, you know that have much more better contacts in the music industry than I do. So let me ask you a general question. Why do you love jazz? I love jazz because I think that uh, it resonates with the way I like to express myself. I mean, it uses the improvisation, but the improvisation is just, you know, it's just a part of it because in a way, jazz was not the genre that created improvisation. I mean, we've seen improvisation for thousands of years. I just think that, you know, I, I like the sound of the drums. I like music. I like the the, the whole the whole, also the, the the amount of differences and and the, in, within the the genre itself, I I just felt that it was a good a template in a way uh, that that I could that I could find myself in it, and that uh, that 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 I like very much. You know, when you resonate with something, you you feel that that uh, empathy and and you know just just this kind of connection with with the genre but you know i love all the genres too i love classical music i was training classical classical so and i love other kind of music too i like i like music from india and music from africa uh and music from latin america i mean you know i and i also you know feel admired and, and got really inspired by the people that have really uh sustained uh, the genre since the beginning, since the the beginning of of the swing era and to now, and and all its its different branches and and personalities have been able to personalize the music. Also, I don't think I don't I have the tendency to not see music as an as a generic as not as a generic thing. I think uh, music is created by individuals, and uh, and those individuals are the ones that I'm talking about. So let me ask you this. This is my final question to kind of get to the yeah. essence of you. Everyone has a version of who you are, your family, your friends, your fans. <laughs> yeah. But when you, face, when you face the world, who do you think you are? Well, I, I always perceive it as, a, as an open source 
for me to to look at possibilities to uh, enhance my myself as a person uh spiritually and and, and make myself a, a better person uh and also uh, uh, i try to get from it as much sources as for me as to to inspire myself and, and a source of inspiration um i i don't agree with many things that are uh happening in the world uh in in many different branches including politics including social activities including the music that's just a, that's just my opinion and uh and uh what i would love to see in the world is that people get more culture and uh and get more culturalized so that we as a musician feel uh, more receptive uh and understanding of people and not to only treat music as an entertainment uh but give the right values to music and to art which is you know the all these other values that makes uh, you a better human being and and someone with a certain sensi- sensi- sensitivity uh uh you know and uh, with with one another and and create you know and create different just a more friendly environment through culture more than um, than in any other field beautiful that's a great answer that's a great way to wrap everything up thank you for mm-hmm. taking some time out for me today to talk about mm-hmm. your album and your life and music i really appreciate it well thank you very much and i hope you guys enjoy the album so thank you for having me thanks for listening and tuning in to yet another neon jazz interview where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in cuba kansas city and spots all over the world giving fans all that jazz and thanks to daphnis for his time his honesty and his story. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com. And for everything Neon Jazz, go to the NeonJazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.